Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and everyone else in between, welcome back to another episode. For those of you who have been waiting, we apologize for the delay. It's like the uh, the line, you know, Jairul Nishanti, not always there when you call, but I'm always on time, something like that. Definitely weren't on time, but uh, we appreciate you sticking with us sincerely. You know, it, we know it, it's been a bit hit or miss since the end of the season in us providing episodes of the podcast. And we will definitely address that off the top. But first and foremost, Eric Henry, FIU beat writer, SB Nation, underdog dynasty in the house with you tonight. One and only our FIU super fan. He's not going anywhere. Mr. David Handel. David, what is up, brother? How you doing, man? I am good. I am good. Uh, just as we, as we, yeah, as we spoke right before we actually started this, um, you know, the off season, it's been, it's been a bit slow for the pod, but you know, it's, yeah, well, you know, once again, we'll address that in a little bit, but, um, man, besides that, I, I'm doing good. I'm working a lot, uh, and just, you know, living life, Eric, living life, but see, it's football. The off season is different for me than you. So, <laughs> so, so, you know, I have, I have a bit more leeway when it comes to, 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 to this stuff. <laughs> no, David, what does the offseason represent for you, man? Because I know for me, it's like the season ends and then it's finally you take a deep breath, especially, you know, unfortunately in the case of FIU, haven't been bowling the past two years. So once that last game is hit, it's like, all right, I got a deep breath. And then we jump right into recruiting, recruiting finishes. And then I'm trying to take another deep breath before the spring starts. So, you know, for anyone who follows me on Twitter, and I hope everyone does, but for anyone who follows me on Twitter, you probably knows a lack of tweets. We're taping this on February 21st. A lack of tweets coming from me over the past, like, four or five days. I have mentally unplugged from football. I mean, especially with the Bucks, you know, losing in divisional round. Uh, <laughs> David, I have mentally unplugged. Like, I've been watching Love is Blind, like, a lot of net. Hey, dude, I'm watching Love is Blind too, also. Bro, bro. <laughs> I, like, hold on. We can definitely talk about that. But, like, what does the offseason look for you? And then we might have to have a Lowe's Blind hot take really quick. What's up, man? How's the offseason yeah. like? What does that represent for you? Yeah, so offseason for me. Um, so, yeah, once the season ends, I mean, it was a bit different this year because once the season ends, you know, a, a lot of stuff happened uh, with all the butch stuff. And then, you know, we obviously hired a new coach and all that whole process. But usually it's like once football season ends, it's, uh, you know, obviously there's other – sports on that I'll watch, but, um, I'm not, I don't follow recruiting as heavily as, as a lot. Like I, I, I know what it's, what's going on. And I, I track as much as I can. Um, but it's like, I guess my excuse to like, just kind of <laughs> detox a bit from FIU football. Um, it, and, and, and honestly this, this year, I mean, I, I watch a lot of the other FIU sports team too. I've, I've been watching a lot of the, the men's hoops team, uh, which has been fun. But um, besides that, honestly, I just kind of I work, I golf, and I li- and I live. Honestly, this is this, I'm I'm the best boyfriend in the off season because now Julie can actually <laughs> get my undivided attention. Because when it's football season, Saturday is for FIU, Sunday's for the Dolphins. So now she kind of has some freedom back there where she we can fit some Love Is Blind marathons on a on a Friday Saturday night when we're not going out. So, yo, is that is that a shared experience? Is that a joint experience? Like the loves one that's you and Julie? Yeah, she actually got me. So I I I am very open about I am I like reality TV. I am I am Same. a sucker for a good reality yeah. TV show. Uh, I grew like growing up, big Jersey Shore guy. That's the one that really got me into it. 
And then like I'll, I'll watch a bunch of different ones here and there. But Love is Blind is one that she got me in, and I was hooked. I saw the first season last year, and we the other day we were just like trying to find something to watch, and we noticed they dropped season two. And I haven't finished it. I'm only a couple episodes in, but oh man, is that oh, it's like oh. it's honestly one of the most entertaining shows. <laughs> it's like part it's so cringe, but also just so genuinely funny uh, at times that it's 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 been it's been a thrill. Ando, I am a huge Love is Blind fan, and I do not want to spoil it for you. I actually, just before we started taping this, I just watched episode nine. So I do not want to inadvertently give you or Julie yeah, any yeah, spoilers. Yeah. So we can we can come back to that right there. I did not know you are a reality TV show. Yo, might be coming to a podcast platform near you, David and Eric, <laughs> reality TV life, because we both are very much about that life. Yeah, yeah. And no shame either. I will watch any reality TV. Like, I... I have no shame if, like, I, I remember my mom used to watch, like, The Bachelor or Bachelorette and stuff. Whenever it's on and I, I'll pass by, I'm not going to lie. I, I'll stay tuned for a bit. I mean, I'll, I'll watch them all. All right. So, you know, with that, before we go down a rabbit hole of reality shows, as we mentioned off the top, definitely have some podcast news to address. As you notice, it is only myself and David on the podcast uh, about – about a week ago or so, our good friend, Shane Marinelli, he was the publisher of Owls 247 and was a member of the Shula Bowl pod. Now he is the coordinator of high school relations for FAU football under Willie Taggart. And I do not have an applause sound. I'm sure maybe David can you know, add the applause and post. Um, we couldn't be happier for Shane. I mean, I, I will take <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, I will take 30 seconds here and say, you know, I remember it was the 2018 offseason. I, I again, I, I've told probably told the story on the pod, but I'll tell it again. I was in St. Augustine going to visit a a um, visiting some FIU signees from Jacksonville, going to um, uh, talk to them for um, stories. And, you know, I got a phone call in my hotel room and it was Shane and he and I had. At that point in time, David, we barely knew each other. I mean, it was just off of Twitter. And I remember I hated Shane. You know, I, I hated his takes, uh, the hot takes we've come to know and love from Shane. I hated them with a passion. I was like, yo, I just want to fight this kid. Like, what is he talking about, yo? But he hit me up and and he uh, he talked about his his desire to, you know, quit his, uh, his, his, his job that he was comfortable at and decided to, you know, get into this, this reporting slash journalism slash you know anyone who's familiar with Shane's work knows he's not a traditional journalist but he wants to get into this space and most importantly he wants to get into the space about a school that he is passionate about and that is Florida Atlantic University and from there man he has just busted his behind taken every chance in the book you know and I couldn't be happier for the fact that the staff there at FAU specifically Willie Taggart you know this is one of the very few times I'm going to drop all journalistic objectivity here and say you know Willie Taggart did a great job um, in terms of adding Shane to his staff because he is certainly an asset. No one uh, knows that landscape, you know, and is, is as dedicated about that landscape as much as Shane Marinelli is. So um, couldn't be happier for him. But with that, um, you've, again, we've talked about the, the lack of podcasts. And part of the reason that is we didn't want to continue. At least I know I didn't want to. I know David uh, feels the same. We didn't want to continue putting out FIU heavy episodes. You know, quite frankly, a lot of our episodes over the past, uh, you know, few months have been FIU heavy. You know, we felt we were neglecting the FAU 
coverage, or at least I'll speak for myself. I I won't make, put David in that category. I'll speak for myself and say we felt like we were neglecting the FAU coverage, and a lot of that was because Shane was trying to balance both sides. You know, it's kind of hard to come in here and talk about some of the things you know that are going down when you're also <laughs> joining the staff, right? So um, as far as the future, we absolutely will be seeking a new FAU correspondent, and we kind of have some names in mind, so stay tuned there. But for the time being, you know, Shane, and again, you know, again, I- I'm dropping all journalistic objectivity here. FAU is going to have a successful season next year, which means Willie Taggart will not be going anywhere, and as a result, Shane Marinelli will not be going anywhere. So um, may not be seeing Shane on this podcast for a while. Maybe you can, you know, coax him into a, uh, a guest spot. But as far as the role he had prior, uh, Willie Taggart's going to be there for another 10 years. And that means Shane is going to be there for another 10 years as well. So uh, I know I said I'd be 30 seconds, but I went way longer than that. David, the floor is yours. Yeah, no, once again, just to piggyback off what you're saying, huge, huge congrats for Shane. Like, like it's that's such an awesome like opportunity that he's getting. And I know it's something that he's going to, you know, he's already works his ass off it, especially in the recruiting world to actually now be a part of the, the, the football staff. It's like, essentially it's a dream come true if you know him. So huge congrats over there. And, 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 you know, as I am the opposite, I'm, I'm here, the FIU side of it. I, I've already been busting his chops a bit. And I told him I have a draft, a tweet draft saved. And if he's listening, uh, he knows what it is. Um, so it, he, he better go get the, the shoeable win next year or else uh, it, I'm coming for him. Um, now it's an even little extra personal uh, that he's going to be on the actual sidelines coaching or not coaching, but, you know, part of that staff. Um, but, yeah, no, one, once again, just huge, huge congrats to Shane. And and I I, I met Shane. I actually didn't really know about uh, Shane because, like, before – I mean, obviously I, I followed every FIU person, but I never really followed any FAU person. So the first time I – came in contact with Shane was when this idea of uh, I remember five reasons tweeted out like that they wanted to do uh, FIU and FAU content and all of a sudden my phone starts blowing up and I click this tweet and I just see all the replies it's just a bunch of people tagging me and then I just see a bunch of people tagging this guy Shane Marinelli and I'm like who is this guy um, and so once we find you know we hit it off pretty immediately I remember the first time I met Shane uh, it was actually at a Flanagan so it was kind of a, a perfect a perfect description of, of, of our friendship. So um, huge congrats to him. And, uh, and yeah, d- don't worry. Uh, we, we, we will s- one day go back to talking FAU football uh, uh, soon. So, um, but yeah, we, we will, we can kick it back to you, Eric. <laughs> oh man. So we absolutely will probably, you know, maybe we'll do another podcast and tell some of our favorite Shane stories. I think I got like favorite Shane hot takes, you know, that uh, we've not shared on here that maybe I will, uh, I'll share now. Uh, or share in, in the future, I should say. No, you know, what's, you know, it's actually really funny too, Eric. Uh, I was actually talking to Shane. I was like, "Hey, when you come back on the pod, like we have to, we'd have to go through like compliance to like get you on the podcast to make sure you can even come here. Like, make sure FAU approves you coming on." Which is just so funny because, like, he, you know, he's one of the. We started this together, you know, us, us three. Uh, actually, you know, it's crazy. We actually started with five people, Eric. We started now with five. Crazy. I was going to say, do you remember that? <laughs> Andre, Andre, Andre did last. Andre lasted maybe two episodes, but uh, but yeah, we initially started with five. I remember recording that first episode. It sounded so bad. Uh, like I, I remember recording out of Andre's garage, and like there was some huge noise coming out of it, and like I, I'm pretty sure she, I think someone was recording on their phone too. Like it was just it, it's it's so funny that that was like almost three years ago now um which is which is pretty cool to say honestly 
dude, we, we are going to do an episode. So I, I, for all of you sticking in there listening, I promise we eventually, you know, get to content, but I hadn't thought about that first episode, David, in a long time. Um, <laughs> it was, it, dude, it was so hectic because it was five of us all trying to get words. And you had, you had Jake who was at the time, you know, still the, the beat writer record for the Palm beach post. He was trying to get things in. Um, there's three people trying to get FIU stuff in. <laughs> oh man, we got to go back and listen to like you know those are like listen to the old Levitard podcast, a little Levitard episodes. You know, it's even like that with us. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, dude, it's actually hilarious. If you go back uh, and listen to it, it, it's pretty funny because um, I got I you know now we can say I, I don't think we really spoke about the first episode in a long time, but my audio. Like you couldn't really hear what me or Andre really were saying because once again the garage thing and it's a lot of things. So I actually, if you go back, I had to re-record what I said and then replant them into the episode over huh. myself. So when you go back and listen, to it, it's really funny. It's like it's it's just it sounds so off, but it's kind of it's it's kind of a fitting perfect first episode of, of five people who actually actually like really didn't know each other like i mean i knew andre and like i know shane kind of knew jake like we, we didn't really know each other all of us and we kind of just hopped on to talk by you and fa i i hadn't met you remember i i hadn't no i hadn't even met shane at that point or jake yeah i still haven't met jake by the way oh that is right that is right because that was the, the 18 offseason heading into what was supposed to be a big year for FIU in 19. I wouldn't yeah. meet, go on to meet you until the uh, the, the fame Tulane game. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, dude. This is just going on memory lane here. Like you at the presser. Me, you, and David Drucker at the presser with Butch Davis. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Drucker, if you're listening, once again, buddy, congrats. <laughs> big news. Yeah, Drucker, congrats on engagement. <laughs> oh, Drucker man. Thought. This is. <laughs> All right. We've actually got to talk about current events instead of going down memory lane here. Wow. Um, so the things that we had planned on talking about before we realized we had so much to address here. David, your thoughts. Uh, it was published today in The Athletic. Stuart Mandel, one of the founders, actually, of The Athletic and a longtime college ball writer, gave out grades. And these were partially his offseason grades and partially his coaching grades. And FIU's Mike McIntyre was rated as an A, which I think is astounding on many levels. A, there was a similar kind of a, you know, off-season roundup done by another publication a couple months ago, and Mike McIntyre was given, I believe, a C plus as a higher. So it definitely leads me to believe that now with the staff in place, people are a little bit higher on that higher, no pun intended. And B, FIU fans would not have graded that in A because I remember when I broke the news that Mike McIntyre would be hired. I, I, I actually go back and look at the tweet. Uh, I think it was last week or so. And I saw some people say, is this a joke? This is not how you say Tim Harris Jr. and so on and so forth. That's not the slight Tim. You know, I've got a great relationship with Tim, but it, it, that was the guy who FIU fans uh, wanted, right? So, uh, Hondo, how are you feeling with uh, – now, I think, what, two months into the Mike McIntyre era? I mean, would you rate it an A? Your thoughts on him being given an A? And last but not least, I mean, does your or do your thoughts on the hire, have they evolved with the look and the filling out of the staff? Eric, he should not have been given an A. He should have been given an A+. I, I am honestly so impressed with everything that, that he has done. And, and not only him, obviously, you know, him, Scott Carr, in general, just – everything that they do, right? And and 
once again, like you mentioned, the, the coaching staff has come together so nicely. I mean, we got a few big names, you know, probably the one most recognizable is David Yost. Um, but like, if you just go down the list, it's just, it, it, it's a lot of people that, that you wouldn't have expected to come here when, when the coaching, you know, when it was announced that we'd be hiring coach McIntyre and he, he's put together a really, really nice staff. And, and one of my favorite uh, hires is, is my boy, Anthony Gator. I love that he brought back, you know, an, an, an alum, someone who went to the NFL and, and someone who's so invested in the program because it, it shows that they're reaching out. Right. And here's another little thing. Uh, it, it doesn't really, I guess, apply to football, but I'm sure they're going to be doing this too. Is that the one of these last basketball games, they had a night where they had invited all past, you know, FIU basketball players or alums at a lot of them, like from the, the, the inaugural teams to come back and, 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 you know, they show them the new facilities and things like that. Just getting, involvement from past players is, is something that has never happened uh in the young history of of you know this school and, and and just everything that he's done like like he McIntyre was like in a class the other day we talked about this in the whatsapp um go speaking to students to, about the spring game and get and trying to build that excitement on campus you know like obviously we can grade him on what he's done with the actual coaching staff but but all that like on the field stuff we obviously won't know until you know first kickoff but he's doing everything else perfectly and and he's really building up the excitement it's especially not just for me but I've, I've just heard around from all different FIU fans how excited they are and they love seeing what he's doing with the program um so I mean I am I, I think I said last time we recorded he continues just to impress me and uh and and yeah and what I also said on the last one that I I was one of those people that was like, oh, who is this guy? Like, I, I was kind of not sold yet. And he pretty much sold me pretty very quickly. Um, and, and, and everything that he's done is, is really good. And the recruiting class for what, you know, uh, him coming in, like, in December and, and, you know, having to hit the recruiting trail, I thought he put together a, a good class. Like, we signed, like, 10 three-star players. He did well with the transfer portal. Uh, he was able to keep some guys like Tyrese Chambers. So, uh, I have no complaints as of yet of Coach McIntyre. I think he's doing a fantastic job, and I just look forward to see um, how spring goes. But, but yeah, for now, and, and also I, I, <laughs> he's giving he's he's letting people call plays for the spring game. So if you're listening to this and you did not know that, um, you have to go to the spring game, and he will bring people onto the field to call plays in the game. Eric, I'm not, still not sure if if we're allowed to do that, uh, but uh, I think that's a, that's that's like such a little thing that that just is is it's such a fun unique idea that somebody who's let's say a, a freshman or sophomore student that came to FIU you know doesn't really know too much about football but like you know is getting a chance to go onto the field call plays for the football team like it's 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 an experience and it's something that hopefully it resonates and, and it brings more people to the stands next year so uh, I'm I'm very excited and and you know nothing nothing but um you know great things that I've seen from McIntyre Two thoughts on what you said there. One, I don't think I, I you may be eligible to call plays. I don't think they want me calling plays because all I want, if I'm given that luxury, is just to take pictures of the playbook and then quiz <laughs> Coach McIntyre and David Yost about 
you know, plays and whatnot. So I, I, I doubt the uh, the beat writer of record is going to be allowed to to call plays because I'll just be wondering if I asked uh, Coach Mack, you know, if he's going to run the three four because that's what he ran at Memphis, and he gave me an answer about you know. In today's college football, you got to be a hybrid. And that's true. Like that, that is that, that's not just coach speak. That's a true answer. But then I'll just be running through the defensive playbook of Jovan DeWitt trying to figure out how much of it <laughs> is three, four versus four, four, three, and what guys are in which scheme. So yeah, I will Eric, be able- Eric, if you listen to this episode, you're definitely not getting thrown. Let's <laughs> call plays now. Like that was really value definitely really set that sale. <laughs> oh, I, I would have told him that first name. So <laughs> there's there's that there. Um secondly. David, I do want to ask you this, man. I got to get used to not saying Shane because I'm ready to like transition to Shane. Got to work out of my vocabulary there. David, I do want to ask this, right? Because you talked about some of the things they're doing as far as letting the the kids and emphasis when you say people. I, I believe it was students. Is it everyone? Because like, is Chia Panther going to be able to run down there and call a play? Like, is is, is, is Mike Mayer going to run down and call a play? <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's open to it. I'm almost positive. <laughs> I, I don't know for sure. All right. I'm, I'm almost positive it's anybody. So. Oh All right. All right. <laughs> so he might be seeing. G- G- yeah. I, 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 plays. I, I'm, David, I was on board with this being a good idea about 10 seconds ago until you said it's potentially open to anybody because then it's going to be section 112 to, <laughs> fighting uh, a random freshman to call a third play in the spring game. Um, there's going to be a limit of how many plays. It's just one play, you know, per person. Right. Might want to emphasize that when they uh, add out this. Uh, but no, David, I, I did want to ask you this. Um, listen, the things you're talking about as far as building that enthusiasm, right? Going and talking to a class and doing things like this. Me being the reporter, like those things don't particularly matter to me. But I also understand I am A, the reporter and B, the non-panther on this podcast. So how much of it you get? No, I said, you know, I was like, eh. You know, oh, you know, okay. Sure, okay. <laughs> okay. So, so how much of those things off the field really matter to you? Um, I guess the question I'm asking is, look, right. Call me Debbie down here, but Mike McIntyre goes on 11 next year. These things don't matter. So, I mean, it, it, it is it, it, it is it like a combination of him building that enthusiasm, being all invested that helps in, in your assessment of him as a, as a hire, and I'm not, I'm not talking about X's and O's. I just mean overall taking the job at FIU. Do those things play a factor for you, right? Or is it at the end of the day, it's going to come down to, you know, what happens on the field? I think it's a mix of both. Uh, for right now, this is what I kind of have to go off as we're not going to be, you know, see FIU in action until September, right? So, yeah, like, things like this is what excites me at this moment. But when the season does start, obviously, it is going to, like, if, you know, if he comes out and it's 0-12, it's like, okay, well, you know, it's, especially this year, I'm pretty sure we kick off the season uh, with, a, with a couple – I could be wrong. I think we have two FCS uh, games this year. Um, so I'm expecting – you know, I'm, I'm obviously not expecting us to, you know – I'm not saying, oh, yeah, we're going bowling for sure year one. You know, you have to temper your expectations with a brand-new coach – uh, coming off, you know, we, we literally have, haven't won a game in, in almost two years. Oh, no, actually, we did win one, I guess, but whatever. Um, an FBS program win. There you go. Um, there you go. But, yeah, I think at the end of the day, it does get judged more on the actual what what you put on the field. Um, but what I think this does do is, right, if he is able to build uh, this uh, energy or build on, on, on bringing people to the games and, and building on – the culture of FIU football, not that he gets a pass year one, but if, if he 
you know, can muster up some wins and build and, and you can at least see the program going somewhere. You kind of get a little bit of a pass year one because the expectations aren't there. But but yes, toward like, you know, year two or plus. Yeah, you're pretty much going to be graded on, on, on how the season goes. Uh, failure or not, but that's, you know, that's how it should be. Um, so, you know, we'll have that conversation down the line. But for now, these are things that like that I'm seeing him do. That, that excite me, and, and I think it's just exciting to see. It's kind of, you know, a breath of fresh air because uh, it's something that, you know, I don't think we've ever really had this type of engagement with students or with alumni. And, and I know there's so many different things. that Like the other day they, they went – they had an event at Funky Buddha uh, right. for Broward alumni, right? So they're, they're, they're not only just dealing with Miami-Dade alumni. They're going out to, to Broward for Lauderdale areas to, to meet those alumni to get them to come back too. So for now, I'll, I'll you know – all that stuff is is what I'll grade them on, and then when the season comes, that's a, a different conversation. And no, I listen. I, I think that's fair. You know, I just I wouldn't be doing my due diligence if I didn't at least follow up and get your perspective on that because I do think, as someone who's been around this program, while again, while not a Panther, I've been around this program for four and a half years now, and and I, <laughs> you have seen a noticeable difference in the way they've tried to go out and engage fans a little bit besides the typical, you know, hoorah and whatnot. And the fact of the matter is this. I mean, even when FIU was winning eight and nine games a year, it still was a struggle, right? So I can understand from the the fans' perspective, at least go out there and get engaged and, and make an effort to get people engaged. So that I can completely understand. Going to transition very quickly, David. We won't go over names because, you know, I think we've talked about that. Um, first off, we're, what, uh, two weeks removed from signing day. So definitely in the rear view. But as you mentioned, Signing day passed. According to 247 Sports, FIU ranked with the number seven class in CUSA. And this is where, again, I, I think you got to give Coach Mack and company some credit here. Yeah. And again, for, for those of you who may not be familiar with the new way that 247 is doing rankings, it is a hybrid of your transfer class and your recruiting class. So take that into account with this information that I'm going to give you. But the number 99 class in the nation and number seven in CUSA, and they did that with what? a few weeks of being on the ground. So it just goes yeah, to that. show you, right. Yeah. You know, listen, it, Mike McIntyre certainly has a, a solid reputation as a recruiter while maybe not here in South Florida. He's definitely added people on his staff who have background and experience in South Florida. So we'll get a chance to see what they can do with a full year. And obviously they'll have a season to build off of, but you have to be encouraged about that as a Panther fan. No, David, you know, it's a couple of weeks to get uh, a top or, or, well, seven out of 14, so dead smack in the middle uh, uh, class in CUSA. Got to be excited about that, right? No, very excited. Um, you know, I, I wasn't, once again, kind of – I had my expect, expectations a bit tampered because, you know, once again, like like you mentioned, they basically had like two, three weeks to really go out there and recruit. So the fact that we were able to be, you know, middle of the conference and still land some, you know, I think it was – I believe it's 10 three-star players – um, and, and some specifically being in, in areas of need. Like, I think we got three O-line. I know we got two of the O-line were three stars. I know one of them, I think Hammonds, was like our top recruit of the class. Um, you know, obviously we're going to get get some skill players. I know we got the running back transfer and some wide receivers and things like that. So, I'm, I, I once again, nothing to complain about the, the class. Um, I thought it, this was probably the best case scenario. Uh, of what of based around the time that they had so yeah i thought i thought it was i thought it was you know perfectly fine and i'm you know once again continues to to exceed expectations eric 
as you mentioned, D.A.V. Hammond, the top recruit in terms of high school from high school in, or actually um, I will say non-transfer recruit because he's a kid out of dream. U. anyone who's familiar with last chance, you knows independence community college. That is where Hammond played his previous two years at independence, community college, independence, Kansas. He is the highest rated O-line signee in the two, four, seven era in the history of FIU football, beating Jose Mirabal, who was also a three-star recruit a couple of years ago. We all know Jose didn't pan out, so I'm sure for FIU fans, they'll be hoping that Hammond can have a uh, much higher ceiling, much higher, much uh, more touted career at FIU. In terms of the transfer players, and there were 14 of them, I believe the highest rated by 247 is Donovan Manuel. It's a name I really think FIU fans should get to know. A uh, big linebacker, again, 247 has him at 6'1", 195. He is certainly not... 6'1", 195, closer to 6'1", 6'2", about 230, 235. Was an excellent playmaker at East Tennessee State. Um, I believe was an, not an FCS All-American because the way they do their their All-American rankings, it, you know, obviously goes across classes and whatnot. But he did rack up, I believe, an all-conference uh, in the conference that Eastern Tennessee State was in. So definitely named to keep an eye on there. Want to transition to the schedule, David. This is something that I know some FIU fans – I don't want to say they had a bit of consternation, but, you know, you can say the lack of big name opponent. I will again emphasize the big name opponent that was supposed to be on this schedule was the University of Central Florida. But due to the and I tweeted this out, they so got scared. Out. They got scared, Eric. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Right. <laughs> the Knights, the Knights didn't want to make the trip to the cage, baby. The Knights <laughs> did not want to come down to FIU Stadium. No, the, what actually happened. Is there was a clause in the contract, and again, you can check my Twitter account. I, I tweeted out the actual um, email correspondence from UCF to, at the time, Associate AD Heath Glick. There was a clause in the contract that essentially it was a home and home, a one and one, and if the first game was not played, it essentially triggered a, a clause in the contract in which the second game was null and void. So we all know what happened with COVID in twenty. 21. So the uh, 2022 game uh, is not going to take place. But what you do have, as I reported, FIU will open the season on September. Oh, man, the dates that CUSA sent out are wrong. So it's not September 3rd. I believe it's September 5th because uh, it's that Thursday night that FIU opens against Bryant University, FCS Bryant. A lot of a lot of FIU ties. Former FIU GA Steven Siochi was or is, excuse me, the uh, O-line coach at FIU. I believe Joe Hawkins is still there as well. He was a former GA. He is the wide receivers coach, if memory serves me correct. So a lot of uh, FIU ties there in Bryant. And well, actually, I actually did not know that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, no, fair, fair amount of ties there. Um, actually, uh, our buddy Nick, Nick Solmeiler, uh, when he was uh, away from FIU, he's now back working in SAC. Yeah, I'll just say he- I saw Nick at the at the recruiting event. Yeah, yeah, Nick's back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's awesome. Nick, Nick is back working in SAC. He went to Brian as well. So uh, a lot of crossover there. So it makes sense that that is the home opener. Then you follow up in this fans, FIU fans, is a byproduct of what could be a to-be-determined Conference USA schedule. Had a conference source tell me that expect the Panthers to be on the road for an extended stretch in the early going. That's exactly what happened. After the Bryant home opener, FIU will not see FIU Stadium for over a month. They had two San Marcos and Texas State. Then, of course, the trip to Bowling Green, Kentucky, one of my favorite stops by way of Nashville and Hodgson Smith Stadium, Western Kentucky University. Then head to Las Cruces, New Mexico. I believe it's Memorial Stadium, if memory serves me correct. 
New Mexico State before coming home to face UConn and the Tommy Zosis Bowl. Tommy Zosis makes his return, former FIU long snapper, now with the Huskies. And then the Shula Bowl, believe it, a Shula Bowl 22, if memory serves me correct, when they welcome uh, actually the Shane Marinelli Bowl. That's what we're going to call that. The Shula Bowl Pod Bowl. That's what we, that's what we should change our name to. Right? For that, we've got to be the Shane Marinelli Bowl. Shane will be on the sidelines, or you know, I'm assuming he'll be on the sidelines when FAU makes the trip down I-95 to FIU Stadium. So, Shane, come on. See, I got to get used to that. David, let's start there. The first five, um, thoughts as far as opening up against Bryant, and then your thoughts as far as three weeks on the road. I mean, I'm not asking you to you know, take the perspective of a player, but this is a fan here. It's going to be three weeks or in real time over a month before there's another home game. Yeah, I feel – correct me if I'm wrong, Eric. I feel like in the past couple of years that we've done this, this has happened before, that we have had an, a long extended away run that, um, that that you know, FIU hadn't played at home. And, like, I'm pretty sure it was, like, close, similar to this, like, close to a month. Um, you know, it's it's obviously for for fans, it's, it's like, all right, you know, uh, you obviously want to see them play at home. Um so that's obviously not as fun, but I think it's worse for the players because they're just going to be traveling for three weeks straight, and like they're not like that close. Like sure, like Texas and 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 Kentucky are not too far, but then you have to go to New Mexico, which is like on the other side of the country. Uh, so it's not like it's just like going up to UCF and then going up to like play UAB or something. It's like you're not. It's, it, these are big travel days. Um, so that's probably going to take. Hopefully it doesn't take too much of a toll on, on them. But, yeah, it's 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 a bit strange that they would do it like that. But, you know, it's nothing really I can do. <laughs> but, yeah, as, as a fan, you you would want you – know, you always like to have more home games. Um, and, and if they're not home games, you know, hope, wish there were, um, you know, some spots to, to visit. So, you know, I, I like your recommendation that you said you like going to Western Kentucky. So maybe I have to take your word up on that and, and visit that one day. Um but but yeah, I mean, obviously, I, I would rather some some more breaks between the away games and, and have more more home games. But at least we get back to back home games. So that's a plus. Really quick, Hondo, you've been to Nashville. You went to Nashville recently, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, yeah. no, that's listen, I, I am never going to tell you a trip to Bowling Green, Kentucky is where it's at. It's a trip to Nashville. So, yeah, the, the, anytime I can make the Nashville trip, especially having a ton of uh, college friends who live in Nashville. Yeah, that is that is. And, and listen, Hutchins Smith is a really nice stadium and Western Kentucky is a nice atmosphere. But no, uh, that's it's a trip to Nashville. So that is always pleasant. But you talk about the fact that there, you kind of felt like that's been the case in the past. And yeah, it was just last year when we opened up the season at uh, opened, me, opened the season against Long Island, then took on Texas State, then at Texas Tech, at Central Michigan, at FAU. So I remember that was a three-game stretch being away from home just this past year. So definitely uh, dealt with that. Let's go ahead and dive into the rest of the schedule here. David, want your thoughts here on this as we talk about after the FAU game. It's at Charlotte. That's another game, another trip that I recommend. At home to Middle Tennessee State. Of course, the Blue Raiders have been – a thorn in the Panthers' side, David, over the past few years. No doubt about that. Then another road trip that I would recommend for FIU fans at North Texas, because that's a trip to Dallas. <laughs> you know, you're going to be in the Dallas suburbs. That'll be fun. The final three are all up in the air. Southern Miss, ODU, and Marshall, all three of those schools have said that they will not be part of Conference USA this year. So have to get your thoughts on that. But I'll let you take away as far as the rest of the schedule here, Ando. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's – 
you know, once again, we're playing playing some of our nemesis, right? We got the Shula Bowl. We've got Middle Tennessee, which, I mean, I can't believe they just – we can't buy a win uh, in Middle Tennessee. But, uh, I mean, once again, Eric, just kind of taking an early look at the schedule, I don't see a loss. So that's always a good thing um, because I'm basically saying 12-0 already. But, anywho, I think the, the, uh, the, the really the more prominent thing are the last three games. And what also sucks about that is that two of the last three are at home, right? So, like, um, are we just going to play all the away games that year? We got, like, we're going to at this point. Um, but, yeah, I'm not, I'm not really sure what's going to happen with that. It's, you know, it, I, I know Marshall definitely put out a statement even after this came out uh, saying that they're sticking, kind of sticking to their guns. Um, I, I don't know if, if Southern Miss or Old Dominion have done the same. But, yeah, I mean, these games are literally up in the air. And, I mean, you probably know more of it than I do, but it's just – it's such an awkward situation because, like, if – let's say that doesn't happen, what happens? Like, do we just play three less games or do we have to go out and try to find, like, some teams to schedule? Like, how how quick can you schedule games? Because, like, I don't don't, don't know, like, how that would work, really. Here's what will happen, David. So I want all FIU fans to please listen to this as I say it. The schedule you see here is not going to be the one that's going to be played. So weeks one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, pretty set in stone, more or less. What I can tell you is this was essentially moved by Conference USA to save face and say that they're not going to bow down to the fact that the schools just kind of want to bully their, bully their way out. But the fact of the matter is this. What if you look at the American Conference, which, you know, where UCF and USF and all those schools compete in, they're already 11 teams in that conference, 11 conference teams, right? So you have an odd number, which means at times you have to play a team either at home or on the road twice, just based on the fact that you have an odd number of teams. You don't have any divisions. The second part of that is this. They do a schedule, which is eight conference games, and then you have three non-con. That's exactly what CUSA is going to run into, David. Once those three schools, and they already have, Southern Miss and ODU have also followed suit with Marshall, said that they're not playing games in CUSA next year. So all they'll do, and it wouldn't shock me if they've already done so, David, and quite frankly, my sources have told me that they have already done so, is they have a a reshuffled schedule, or or, or, excuse me, a, 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 a secondary schedule, right? Which essentially will just have the 11 teams left in Conference USA once you subtract Southern Miss, ODU, and Marshall, and you'll do eight conference games, and then you still have your three non-conference games, um, and of course, you know, in this case, the FCS game, right? Because the three non-conference are going to be UConn, New Mexico State, and Texas State, and then, of course, you still have uh, your Bryant, which will uh, fill out. So in this case, it, it would be, you know, seven here, if memory serves me You do seven, yeah, it'd be seven uh, non-conference games. So that's that's how it's going to work, right? It's not going to be three less games. It's not going to be any more on the, hold, on the home, on the road or at home, um, well, I guess potentially, because if you have three, you got Bryant, UConn, FAU, Middle. Um, so, yeah, so potentially, potentially you could have one more on the road. But what I think you'd end up with is six at home and five on the road. That That's what's going to happen. And, and that has been reported. That's me just saying it here. Um, but that that more or less is what's going to happen because the American and certain leagues already already compete with. 11 uh conference teams so it's just going to be an eight game conference schedule david that's that's what's uh what's going to happen does that that like did i state that in a way that makes sense for you know yourself in the audience yeah yeah no that 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 makes total sense and it it, i guess it yeah it makes it makes sense that they would have a backup schedule this is 
probably the conference USA <laughs> trying to bluff <laughs> uh, the other three teams. But um, but yeah, it's it's let, let's see you know let's see what ends up. Happening. I if with your gut right now, what what do you think is gonna happen? You think they're gonna uh, we're gonna go with the secondary schedule because I I don't see like Marshall budging. Maybe like an old Dominion. I don't know. I don't see like a Mar- Marshall's already kind of doubled down on it. No, they're 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 going to go with a backup schedule because yeah. <laughs> you can't put you this way. Those three schools are pretty much in lockstep. While <laughs> you may have one school that's driving the bus, you can't. Th- these three schools all didn't put out similar statements just to to do it right. And if you notice, David, even their statement, they didn't. And again, I don't know if you had a chance to look at the statement, but they didn't specifically outline that they're going to the Sun Belt. They just said they're not playing in CUSA. That doesn't mean they're not going to the Sun Belt, but <laughs> they just said we're not playing in CUSA. So they clearly have other plans in 2022. Yeah. Well, you know, who who's left in the conference, Eric? <laughs> Everybody else but those three. I mean, we will yeah. see, you know, what, I mean, hey, at least you're getting a chance at a uh, to take a look at a new foe in New Mexico State, right? So that uh, certainly is – that's true. <laughs> Certainly something to, to look forward to. Uh, David, really quick, just just curious your thoughts here before we get ready, you know, and close up this episode. Definitely looking forward. I know you are as well as I am. The start of spring practice on March the 8th is the uh, date that spring practice will begin for the Panthers. And, of course, that will culminate in the spring showcase slash spring game. I believe under Mike McIntyre, it's going to be more of a game than it is showcase, quote unquote. But we'll see. Obviously, it's been more of a showcase under Butch Davis. But uh, that spring spring game is going to take place on March, no, excuse me, April 9th. And of course, spring practice beginning March 8th. So we're about two and a half weeks away from spring practice. But just, you know, David, any thoughts as someone who's, hell, you've been a part of CUSA longer than I have. <laughs> so any thoughts on just, you know, kind of the league and how it's shaping up and where things are going? Or is it just, listen, uh, you know, those teams can leave and anything that gets FIU close to the top, you're all for it. Uh, I'm kind, I'm kind, I'm kind of in a mix of both. Uh, because like at the end of the day, you don't want to be the last one standing in the conference, right? Uh, because then at the end, it kind of just looks bad. But um, if that means we just go on a tear and win the conference five years in a row, I'm not gonna complain. Um, but but yeah, I mean it's it's kind of a shame. Obviously, I wanted FIU to be a part of one of the you know new conferences, but it didn't work out that way. So you know you kind of just have to go along with it until and just see see what happens um because you know if, if we are able to you know have rip off a few good years and the attendance starts to come up who knows um we can be you know one of the next teams to to make the move uh to one of these conferences so um it's pretty much a wait and see uh game right now and i'm curious to see because once especially after next year i'm curious to see who else if if any uh join conference usa um so yeah, you know, it's, if we are able to, to to win conference USA five years in a row, sign me up. <laughs> and with that, I think that's a nice a nice note to go ahead and close up this episode. So we want to thank you guys for listening again. Sincerely, want to thank you for sticking with us. We know that it's been a challenge, both FIU and FAU fans. FAU fans, in the meantime, I will pick up the slack as far as providing some coverage and background on FAU, but I promise you, we are working on bringing in a new Florida Atlantic contributor because this is the Shulable pod and we know there are two sides, or I know, I won't speak for Dave, I know there are two sides to that uh, that rivalry. But there are no two sides. <laughs> <laughs> you can find us on Twitter at Shulable pod. You can find me on Twitter at 
Eric C. Henry underscore. And you can find David on Twitter at Mr. Handel 321. Last but not least, the fine folks, Five Reason Sports, find them on Twitter. Shout out to Ethan Skolnick and company doing a great job there. You're home for South Florida sports news at the number five reasons sports. So we're looking forward to bringing you some content throughout the off season. You know, it's a long way till September. So we're going to get you through stick with us as we are evolving. And again, congrats to Shane on his new role and happy football watching. Cause we're almost time for some spring football guys.